What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. 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 Anyway, <laughs> rejection. Where do we want to start with this topic? This is oh episode God, 29. This so many is places. A, a big topic, right? The reject. I feel like we've put this one off a little bit um, just because it's so huge. So um, first and foremost, was this suggested by somebody? No, you wanted to talk okay. about it. I do because like, everybody needs to hear about this. Hey, dude. So rejection. I feel like there's so many levels that we could talk about this. So let's talk about it from probably the first standpoint that people think of is like relationships, right? So that's the first um, that comes to my mind. But I also kind of want to touch on like friendships, job, um, just vulnerability in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So Stephanie, yes, tell me a time where you felt rejected in a relationship. Oh, Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> how far back do we want to go? Because you go as far back or go. To- <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, guys, I don't smoke. <laughs> go to whatever example you want. He just go. knows what I'm thinking. That's all. I do. So, if I think back to even like high school or even like my early twenties. Um, cause I didn't have a ton of serious, like I had a serious high school boyfriend we were together for a year. Right. And then I wouldn't say I dated in college cause it was not dating. And then I met my ex-husband. So then that was like the other serious relationship. Right. Yeah. But I feel like the guys before him, uh, I was rejected a lot and didn't take the fucking hint. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like, <sighs> Well, to be fair though, they gave a lot of fucking mixed ass messages, right? Yes. A lot of mixed messages. And so I would be like holding on for dear life of like, no, but I really think he likes me. Like, I really think something's going to happen. And then it didn't. And I was still left heartbroken. Yeah. Or I can remember a time in high school that I had a crush on this boy and he clearly had a crush on me, but he had a girlfriend. So like, obviously nothing was going to happen. Have felt rejected then, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that there was like, blatant rejection but like it was rejection in a sense of like they didn't reciprocate my feelings right and to me that is rejection because they don't feel the same way about me does that make sense it does it does how did you internalize that um that I wasn't good enough right for what for that person right so I wasn't good enough for you so in my early 20s I had a crush on this boy that I had known since like middle school. We played softball together. And I was just like, oh my God, I love him. He's so cute. And he gave me tons of mixed messages, right? Like he would invite me over. We would go out. We would be like at my dad's old business. And so like mixed messages galore. But here's the thing. I was always friends with a lot of guys. And so maybe to them, this was just like me being friends with them, Mm -hmm. whatever. But he would like blatantly flirt with other girls in front of me. And then I'm like, well, I don't look like her. So clearly that's why he doesn't want to be with me. Right. I'm not a size two like her. So that's why he doesn't want to be with me. Or 
whatever. I don't like X, Y, Z. So that's why he doesn't want to be with me. I internalize it in every, <laughs> this is real life people. This is real, Tough real goes, life. Tough goes, it was Zeus. I thought, is he still alive? He goes, unfortunately, <laughs> he goes, I was downstairs changing. I have no idea how this happened. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Oh my I don't even think that anything was on the chair. Anyways, okay. So yes, I, because of my anxiety and my poor self-esteem slash literal no self-concept whatsoever, I internalized it as it was all because of me, not anything else. And I would get the, because a lot of these guys that I would like, not a lot. So some of these guys that I would like, they knew my dad. And so they were like terrified of my dad of like, well, I don't want to like be with his daughter because that I can't like that doesn't seem right or we're just really Let's good be honest pa pa is so <laughs> scary but like also the sweetest like isn't he like when you call him pa I'm like I'm gonna call him pa too because that makes me feel good <laughs> like pa I want to be your kid all my guy friends were terrified so of cute. him until they would like get to know him and they yeah. would talk about wrestling or baseball or sports like dude you did so fucking cool and I'm like I know I don't know why you're fucking freaked out by I, him he's great yeah, yeah. but yeah when you look at him he looks scary yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, that, um, those situations, cause they weren't just like one and done. It happened quite a bit. And I think those led to me feeling inferior or not pretty enough, not skinny enough, all the things. Right. So then like we talked about before, the second I was shown any sort of positive attention, I was like, oh, fucking found the one. I found the one. <laughs> That's it. I found it done. Right. Do like, think, do you think rejection, do you think that there is always a tie back to internalization or like sense of self of like internally it, it, that it always comes back to it's me for me? Yeah. I don't know if I could generalize it for other people. Right. Because when I think about two being rejected for jobs, I mean, that was endless coming out of grad school and undergrad, getting the rejection letters from, you know, we're going to go with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially at such a young age, the first instinct is to be like, I'm not good enough. And I think for me being a perfectionist for so long, that was like hammered into me. I'm yeah. not enough. I need to do more. I need to be better. I really do feel like, honestly, if you look at across the board, I do feel like there is always a tie back to sense of self, mm -hmm. even even when you, you do the work on yourself and you know, you have some sort of sense of self, it is hard not to go back to that place. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that place of like, but it has to be me. Mm -hmm. Cause I even think about jobs that I've applied for throughout the years and like knowing like there was a reason I didn't get them now looking back I could see why I didn't get them but when that happened it was like it was, I'm not good enough I don't have enough experience I'm this I'm that and blah 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 dude when I applied to grad school actually this is a really big one for me um when I applied to graduate school after like during undergrad right like my senior year of undergrad I applied and I was rejected by my school and I was fucking devastated I was like that's not part of my plan to get rejected what the fuck am I supposed to do now and they're reason for rejecting me was I don't have work experience. And I was like, work experience yeah. to get into school. What? How does that make sense? And I was like, whatever, I'll take your fucking word for it. So I worked for a year and then I got in and it was fine. But that was like a huge blow to my self-esteem. Cause I was like, I can't even get into graduate school. Right. It's like that all or nothing thinking like, it's all me. I can't even do it. The same thing happened for me, except mine wasn't work experience. It was grades. 
for the first semester of undergrad, I fucked off. Oh. Freedom, freedom went to my head and I was like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do things. I'm that was my entire sophomore year. Fucking hang out and do. I spent the rest of my college career making up for that first semester. And it's by no means did I like fail out. Did I do any of those things? I got a D in one class, a C in math, which is understandable because I'm fucking terrible at math. And then everything else was like A's and B's. But because of that undergrad semester, I spent the rest of it trying to make it up. And Mm -hmm. so when I went to apply to UWM for their Helen Bader School of Social Work for my MSW, I, they were like, you don't have the grades. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? So then I worked for a little while doing whatever. And then I finally found Concordia, um, University of Wisconsin Concordia, I think is what it is. I always fuck it up because I feel like it's a UW system school, but it's not, but it is. I thought it was a private school. It is a private school. Thanks. <laughs> so then it's not a UW. School. It's not, but like then I think of like it's like Wisconsin University of Concordia, yeah. but that's not it. It's Concordia University of Wisconsin. So there you go. So they just they just confuse people first and foremost. Yeah, like but my I school was went, the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. Yes, I never went to Mequon though. I was at their cohort, which was in Kenosha. Oh, so okay. The only like literally two seconds from my house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Two seconds from Rogers. Yes. <laughs> oh another story had lots of rejection there too (laughs) so many ways in so many ways um so that was difficult for me but then somebody suggested concordia and i was like oh let me see and it was Mm -hmm. a, a master's in counseling and i was like oh i i honestly to this day think that if i had not been rejected by uwm that i would not have been on the path that i would have been on Right. Like I always, I, well, I always wanted to get to counseling, but I think if I would have got my MSW, I would have stayed in social work it would have looked and very I would have been burnt the fuck out. I was going to say miserable. Like that's not it, to it knock anybody great. who has a degree in yes. social work whatsoever, no. but my undergrad is in social work. Well, and there's yeah. a significant difference between social work and counseling. Like, yes, you yeah. can be a licensed clinical social worker and counsel. Right. But I feel people who go into the social work field in general, it's a very different um, expectation as to what they want to be doing. Yes. So now that we've derived that, I think honestly, like the, the base point, like foundation is that it is a sense of self, like internalization of when we get rejected by somebody that I'm not good enough. And like, let me just read the definition of rejection because I looked them up. So rejection is the dismissing or refusing of a proposal or idea or the spurning of a person's affections. And then I was like, what the fuck does spurning mean? So I looked that shit up. So spurn is a verb to reject with disdain or contempt. And then it says archaic is strike, tread, or push away with the foot. Oh, I'm just envisioning somebody being like, fucking get away from me it's just one of the like fucking get away from me yeah literally so like how are you not supposed to internalize that of like yes what so here's how you're not supposed to internalize that Mm -hmm. first and foremost when we've talked about we've talked about cognitive errors in the past right so we've talked about the importance of being able to check our perception of a situation to see if it 
but to see if we are accurately viewing the situation. Like if we're rejected by a job per Mm -hmm. se, like, so I applied for a CPS um, investigator um, unit position. I would have fried. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Quickly. Right right into the frying pan. Oh my God. Bleeding heart. I would have been like, ah, like it would have been fucking awful. So looking at the people that I knew who were hiring the people like doing the interviewing, the people that I knew who worked there. And then also looking for what their (laughs) qualifications might've been. I think I was two years post a year post-grad from my undergrad. So a year into the field of like getting my feet wet, I realistically think that it had nothing to do with me now that I look back on it and everything to do with who's interviewing me and them being like, no, I want to protect this person. Mm -hmm. I had a very great relationship with the, um, the head of the ongoing unit. So whether it was the investigation or the, um, ongoing, like, for seeing it. I had a very good relationship with her. She really liked me. Um, and I really liked her. She was an awesome well of knowledge. Right. But I really feel like the reason I didn't get that position is because she was like, no, you weren't made for this. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason you weren't made for this. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't give a fuck. Cause that's what I tell myself. Cause that's what feels good because I realistically know I was not made for that. I was made to help people and not provide services in the sense of like, call this number or check in here, like go to this website. So I think it starts to get down to how we start to stop internalizing is one, taking a look at yourself and that situation. What are the factors going on? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think in jobs and like, um, interviews and positions, it's easier to distance yourself in relationships and friendships. I think it is so much harder to say, no, I'm a good person. Like this is, has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is how do you start to you personally, how do you start to distance yourself from not internalizing when somebody says no, or, um, yeah, just when they say no to anything, to whatever the advance or question or thing might be. So how do I learn to accept the word no? Or like, how, how am I to... talking to myself about when somebody says no? Yes. How do you start to distance yourself from the automatic negative thoughts that are, I'm not good enough? Hmm. Let me think of an example where I've had to... Because ultimately, wow, what? Ultimately, Jesus Christ, get the rocks out of your mouth, Stephanie. Ultimately, it comes down to what I say to myself about that situation, right? So if I ask you to do something and you're like, no, I can't. Sure, my automatic thought could be like, what the fuck? She doesn't want to hang out with me? Like, why? Right? It's not. Maybe seven years ago when we first started hanging out, it's like, oh my God, she fucking doesn't like me. And like, this is so embarrassing. She doesn't want to hang out. Right. Cause you don't actually know. Mm-hmm. And back then I also feel like I didn't have the wherewithal to see it from your perspective. So maybe you said no, because you had self and you wanted to spend time with self, but I didn't know that. And I automatically assumed it was me. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to be like, no, I just can't, like, I don't have it in me. I fucking get it, bro. Right. Right. And so I'm able to see it from a perspective of like, dude, I'm totally respecting that she needs space and that's totally okay. 
It has nothing to do with me. It's not like you're saying, yeah, um, hi, I don't want to be best friends anymore. So don't ask me to hang out. Right. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Get the clue. I don't want to talk it? to you ever again. Isn't that what we just did this week? Like yes. both of us had rough ass weeks and we had every intention on filming together yep. and being in the same space. <laughs> both kind of like skirted around the issue, but we were like, we were both kind of like, know, like, like, I mean, like, I'm okay with doing it separate if you want, but like, I'm okay. With doing it together. But like, if you want to come over and I'm like, I mean, I'll drive out there. <laughs> but also, but like, okay, if, we if you don't, so like, just like, it's fine. Like, just let me know. <laughs> but like, if you, but like, if you, I mean, it's okay. If you don't want to come out here. Like, both of us oh were exhausted. It was a rough week, right? Yeah. And I think the, the other um, additive to like that foundational, like first I have to step back and understand, um, am I viewing the situation correctly? Mm-hmm. But also the additive of like, asking yourself, what have I done in this situation to perpetuate any of these negative thoughts? So if the negative thought is I'm being too much, what have I done? That's too much. Mm -hmm. Give me facts that prove that that's true. Or like, I'm being annoying. What, what have I done? That means that I'm being annoying. How have I been annoying? But then also to being able to then pivot from the internalization pivoting to how am I supposed to know or um, work through how somebody else feels if they're not sharing that with me. Or if I don't ask them, right? Right, right. But like, if another adult is not saying like, hey, no, I don't want to, like, how am I supposed to be like, do they want to, do they not want to, do they want to, like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I actually had a client message me the other day and she was talking about how she is a very outgoing person that likes to be out and have fun. She's like exuberant and exciting. And she went on a date with this guy and- afterwards or like when he went to drop her off he was just kind of like thanks and then she hasn't talked to him since so right away she's internalizing it as he thinks I'm too much he couldn't handle it he's like not a city person blah blah blah. and I was like hold on a second all of those thoughts are based on him do you enjoy your personality do you like who you are do you love that you are energetic and that you love to explore and do things that's what fucking matters bro if he doesn't then he's not your person and yes. that's not to say like, fuck off, don't talk to me, but like your right. people will gravitate towards you. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to attract, uh, like <laughs> polite Christian people who don't like swearing. Like <laughs> I won't. And if they come to me, I'm going to be like, that was a mistake. Cause you're going to hate me. And I know it. And that's good. Okay. <laughs> good morning, ma'am. I would like to take you out for a nice breakfast and a coffee your people and on the way there you. you're just fucking playing slayer and like nine inch nails like blah, like and he's like oh my gosh she's vibrant but right like you attract people that are yeah. similar to you yes and she's like i don't understand why i have to change for other people i said who you said don't. you have to you don't nobody aren't your people I think that's the next part of this is like, first, let's take a step back and am I viewing the situation correctly? And then next looking at like, but like, am I okay with me? Do I like me? And if I do, why do I give a fuck with this person who might not be like in my space or vibe with me? Why do I care what they think? What does it matter? I, I like me. And when you like you, then you get to the third part. And this is Mari's coined phrase of, I know what I bring to the fucking table Mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid to eat alone. So by all means, please, please leave my table. Yes. 
You're frozen, my love. So are you, but I can hear you. Okay. I really hope my frozen picture is better than yours. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, there we go. You were like this. Yeah. <laughs> you were like this. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, this is real life. This is real life is. when you're not tech know. people. So enjoy it, everybody. Chef's kiss. I wish. And this is, you know, hindsight is twenty. You wish what? Because I'm about to therapize the shit out of you. I was just going to say, I wish I knew in my 20s, obviously, what I know now. Because I was so insecure and not comfortable in who I was. Because I was told for so long so many things that went against what I actually wanted to be and who I wanted to be as a person. Again, I'm not the therapist for everybody. I'm not the friend for everybody. I'm not whatever for anybody. I don't Mm want to be. No, I want to be me. And I want to do things that I enjoy, how I do them, when I do them, where I do them. That's what matters to me. Let me challenge you on this. So like, I wish I knew what I, what I know now in my twenties, but then you wouldn't be who you are right now. You're absolutely right. So wishing for a situation, this is so huge. And so, um, God, I do literally once a week, at least with one of my clients of like, well, I wish this wishing for a situation that you don't have is expending energy on a situation that may not never come may not ever reality. Yes. So why not us? We just turn that around and then focus on ourselves and put all that energy into you. And again, being able to challenge yourself. Like if you, if you're not happy with the person or situation or job or whatever it may be that, that, um, um, relationship, and you feel like you're being rejected, let's take a step back. Let's recognize, am I viewing this in the correct light? Like asking myself my negative thoughts, are there any facts that prove that that's true? Then going to that second step of really being able to focus on like, why, why am I pushing so much for this relationship? Am I even sure that I want to be with this person or that I like this person or that I want this job or that I want, or am I just trying to fill a need? Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm lonely or because I, you know, I need a job. You can get a job anywhere. You can find or find comfort anywhere in the well, sense think- of like, you can go to a book, you can go to a coffee shop, you can go to all these places. And also loneliness is an emotion in and of itself. You can change that. Mm-hmm. I think when we are feeling shitty about ourselves or we are in a situation that doesn't feel great, we tend to romanticize whatever situation we're in and yes. we try to convince ourselves of like, no, but it's, it's gonna work. Like yes. he's gonna like me, like Literally. we're gonna be together. Right. My like, whole marriage. What, <laughs> what happens with rejection is that we personalize the situation because we don't actually know what that person is thinking. Right. Yes. You're yes. only going to know if you ask, if you truly want to know, here's the thing, the fucking truth hurts y'all. So if you ask that question, be prepared for an answer. You may not want to get, but then you do with what you can with that information. Right. So if they just say, we just didn't vibe or we didn't click, or if they didn't agree with something or whatever, then you get to decide, Oh, well, it wouldn't have clicked with me either. Then if that's how you're going to judge me. Right. Or like, well, but I also feel like too, in the, in the day and age that we're in, people aren't open. People don't tell the truth. It's me. It's not you. And it very well may be, but I will say like eight times out of 10, people don't say the exact answer. So even if you are sitting here like, well, I'm going to ask them I'm like, what, for what? Then you're going to get an answer for what? And then because of their subjective answer or opinion about you, you're going to change yourself because they, that one person out of, I don't know, fucking 700 million billion on this planet mm-hmm. didn't like you. You're going to change for them, even though they don't want you. What? Mm-hmm. 
go where you're respected, go where you're appreciated. Like Steph said, your people will gravitate to you as long as you keep showing up as yourself. Yes. There's no time limit for that though. So please understand, it's not like you're going to walk away from a relationship that's not serving you. And then 10 seconds later, you're going to be like, oh my God, I have 14 friends and three possible new, you know, love interests. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not how it works. You have to put the work in on yourself and know your worth. You have to know when to walk away from situations that do not serve you. Mm-hmm. I also feel like rejection can be a fucking really great motivator, right? So at our old place of employment, I was rejected multiple times for multiple different positions. And in my heart of hearts, I was like, fuck y'all. Cause I know that I can do this job. I know that I have a lot to bring to the table. And I could have easily just been like, I'm just going to quit this whole company company and leave right now. And I wouldn't have gone up the way I did or gain all the experience that I did. Right. I used it as a motivator to basically prove them wrong. Right. So like, yes, I did internalize well, why wouldn't they give me this job now? Or why did they give it to this person? What do they have that I don't? But then I use that to fuel me to just educate myself even more, get more experience, get better at what I was doing. And then I proved to all the motherfuckers that I was worth it, (laughs) right? Like I was like, no, I am worth this. And I know that I am a highly intelligent and skilled clinician. And like, that's what matters, right? But I also feel like, what other people's perception is not the same for whatever reason that can bring you down at times if you allow it to, right? Like if you have management that just fucking hates you for whatever reason, because they're intimidated by you, nothing you do is going to change their perception. And that just is what it is. And also we don't change or attempt to fix other people's perceptions of us. Yep, that's not They're going to have their, yeah, they're going to have their perception regardless. That is why it is so important to work on knowing who you are and what you bring to the table and what you are looking for. Because here's the thing. I can't tell you how many, not how many times there was one time in the, the place that Stephanie and I previously worked and you know, maybe this isn't the job for you. Mm-hmm. I've known what I've wanted to be since I was 14. I am a damn good therapist. You are not going to say some bullshit like that and make me question myself. Mm-hmm. Like first and foremost, you can kick rocks. I know what I was, I, I know what I was put on this earth for, whether I was given the gift by God, whether I was given the gift by the universe, I am good at what I fucking do. So you can eat that shit and kick rocks because of your own insecurities about what you'd bring to the table in your job. Good fucking bye. Well, it, ultimately it was the insecurity of being intimidated by us because we were- yeah beneath her yeah categorically speaking nobody's beneath anybody in terms no. of kind of stuff. but like it was because we were under her because she was above us and she just had this perception of like we were intimidating because we knew what we had to offer yes. and what we were were and weren't going to tolerate whether or not she was our boss or not exactly I'm not going to tolerate disrespect yeah I don't do well with bosses just in general because you don't get to talk down to me because you're above me that's not going to happen yeah I've had, I've had good bosses. I've had bosses sure. that I've learned from. I've had bosses that have been absolutely fucking shite. It doesn't necessarily matter though. What matters is, is knowing my worth and what I bring to the table in, in relationships and friendships. Like yeah. I can't tell you how many times there's also been friendships where it was like, 
this feeling of like trying to be corralled into this position that the other person wanted me to be. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not here for that. And if you don't want me to be my friend, then fine. I guess I'm going to go friendless for a little while. Cause I'm the type of person who has a couple of close friends and I keep those friends for a while. And I may not get to see them as often as I want because I'm a very busy person. I always have been, but that doesn't change my love or my want or ability to be there for them. I could not have seen you in two to three months. And if you call me and say that you need me, I'm fucking there. But here's the thing. I know what I bring to the table. And if you are not bringing that to the table too, as well, if you are not serving the greater good, which is me, we're done. I just want to be clear. If you ever go two to three months without seeing me, I will murder you. I will murder myself. Not literally. Not literally. (laughs) Not literally. I will not allow that to happen. Has never, I, I don't ever foresee that happening. I think that we are interconnected on many different levels of where we have to speak to each other. Like the one day, was it Sunday? You sent me a couple of snaps, not snaps, what? Um, Marcos. And I didn't get a chance to check them. And then I text you and your text was off. And I was like, something's off, something's wrong. And then it started this week for us. And you're like, yes. I'm just sad. And I was like, I fucking get that. And then like later on in the week, I, I Marcoed you crying. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> Who knows? Like, so uh, yeah, I think that we are way more in tune than we think. That we Dude, are. I was just telling the girls though, during the last gang guidance, we were talking about inti- intimacy and I was like, intimacy happens in friendships. And I was like, I can honestly say out of all of the friends I've ever had in my life, Mari is the only one that truly knows me as a person and can tell when something's wrong and she'll leave me alone or she'll push me to talk about what's wrong. She can tell like when I need something, like you can just tell, like I don't, Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me how I've had, I've had close friendships my whole life, right? Like I've always had friends and very, very close friends, best friends, good friends, but something happens when you decide that you want to be vulnerable and really intimate with another person in a friendship that opens up like a whole nother fucking portal of your friendship (laughs) but that right there is a perfect segue into like tying this all together right of like if you take a big risk of being open and vulnerable that reward Mm-hmm. is huge so like step aside from that fear of rejection I'm not saying like put it like toss it out of your mind like it's not going to be there but like just pin that for a second put a little pin in it and take a step back and like really realize what you could accomplish with that vulnerability versus allowing that fear of rejection to overtake you there is no reward without the risk no matter what I was just gonna Any say every single life. dynamic and relationship has a yes. risk to it and you have to decide when you're going to take it in order to, like you said, reap the benefits of it. Right. Had I not opened up to you or vice versa, we wouldn't be where we are seven years later. No, (laughs) no, no, we would not. In many aspects of our lives. We have gone through it. Through it. (laughs) Through it. Fucking God damn it. I wish I knew the actual anniversary of our friendship so we could appropriately celebrate. I know it was November because you started in November 2014, right? Into day treatment because I feel like you were in AOTA before that, maybe. I was in AOTA before that. I started in September. Man, it had to be November. I was there for at least a month. 
It had to be. Did we become friends that quick? It had to be in October because remember, remember the first Christmas together when we did yes. when, <laughs> with the ugly sweaters. The ugly sweaters. In you, our guys, you want to see this picture? We will. We gotta <laughs> post it. We gotta post it for, on um, Instagram. Oh, so embarrassing! I the um the anniversary should come up on Facebook or something like where I got the job. It should start to pull up. Like I wasn't like. <laughs> Dear Facebook, I met a new friend today. Well, no, because oh. you didn't like me at first. No, I, it's not that I didn't like you. I was scared of you. I was very scared of you. Not And not in the sense of like, he's going to beat me up right. outside. But I was very much so like, she does not look approachable. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to like, that is the, the perk of being a Gemini. I'm like, I can be a chameleon. So let me take a step back. Let me read you for a little bit. See what's going on. Let me play to your senses. And then I'm like, oh, okay. I know she is. I just remember being in staffing. We were like all crammed in either Kate's office or your office. And we're in staffing. You were talking about Adam being deployed. And then we started talking about being married. And then it just like morphed. And like, we've talked about the story before when we went to Target and Mari cried. And I was like, oh, she's crying in front of me. So like, she is feeling vulnerable. Like this is- Was that the same day? I don't remember. No, because that staffing was actually in the group room. That the staffing that I cried, that I got overwhelmed and then went to my office was and you're like, Hey, I'm going to go to target. And yes. I was like, <laughs> okay, me too. Yes. That was the first interaction we had together. And then it slowly built after that. And then what yes. you were talking about of us being in the same room. And I was like, <laughs> this is the, the, <laughs> It's the catch 22 of being a Gemini. I can be a chameleon so I can read the room and play to the room, but like can also say some shit that I don't necessarily think I'm like, like, oh, and that's exactly what happened. I was like, we we dropped like hints and like tidbits of things. And then again, we talked about this, but we went on our first date to go to the movies and we had wings. And then was that the day that everything opened up? Yep. Boom. <laughs> and then more and more kept opening up because what Mari and I would do is we would take every lunch break and we would take like an hour and a half lunch break. Yeah. And yeah. go to Target. We would go tanning. We would just fucking go get frozen get ice yogurt cream. covered in Nutella and fucking cookie dough. And like it was great every single day. And then somebody fucking told on us and we got in trouble. And I was like, I'm salary, you motherfuckers. I'm here all the time. Let me I have literally my time. when I said kids inpatient, I'm here until seven. And yeah. I don't so like let me have a lunch break and take care of myself with my best friend. Let me eat froyo. Okay. Let me live my life. <laughs> it was called urban culture. It was so good. It was so good. I it was right next to the tanning place. Under, we would go tanning under, and then fucking under that telephone. <laughs> 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 it was a new telephone pump. You guys, like it was like fucking massive. Oh. It was a bucket. Oh. Anyways, okay. I'm gonna go off on a tangent. I will. I love Nutella. Mm. But again, to loop, yes. loop this back in, had loop I in. not decided to share those things with Mari and be vulnerable at the risk of her judging me and being like, this bitch is fucking crazy. I don't want to talk to her. Right? Like <laughs> we wouldn't be where we are today. But yeah. I chose to take that risk because I was like, no, something tells me that like, she's going to get me. Yes. And I was like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that translates over audio because <laughs> the video makes sense, but like audio, and then they'd be like, what is she sneeze in the mic? What's that? <laughs> Anyways, 
I think this was awesome. I'm going to say that at the end of every fucking episode. I don't, I don't know how to wrap the episode up without saying it. So you can find us at rewriting her story podcast on Instagram. You can find Steph at, at spooky fit mom, 13 spooky fit mom, 13. I felt like I said that a little too fast. You can find me at B E A underscore X O 11. You can find us together at rewriting her story podcast on YouTube. There are so many bids queued up, ready to go. One dropped on Friday, then our um, Monday PS episode for subscribers is dropping. And then Wednesday, the new episode drops. And then by the time you guys listen to this, there will already be other episodes Mm -hmm. listed. So go watch our videos because we're cute. People have been like, you guys crack me up. I'm like, I know, right? I literally listened to us and I'm like dying. Like my Liz, you know, Liz who always yeah. supports us. She was listening to us and she was like, I was walking my dogs, cracking the fuck up when you talked about like eating a can of corn for, for an after school snack. And I was like, I'm trash. What's up? Like, let me some can of corn. This is real life. Fucking, recording a podcast It is too. real life. Sorry guys. Anyways. So that's us. I do have a sign off that was requested for us. It's, what? Pip pip cheerio. We have to do it. Together. I already did. Yeah, I already did it. Pip pip cheerio. Pip pip cheerio. Good eye. <laughs> it's, I'm mixing again. Australian and British. I don't know how to do this. I don't. I don't know how to do this, guys. Anyways, we love you. We'll see you soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>